Welcome back, guys. Mountain Meditations. What what episode is this? Episode four, season episode two. Four, season two. Two Tristan's times two is four. Yeah. I know math. I'm a math minor. Quick math. Mount, <laughs> Mountain Meditations, season two, episode four, social media censorship. Mm. You may have heard about certain people being uh, censored from the it from the internet. Yeah. Uh, well, more specifically from specific social media websites, mm-hmm. I believe it was Paul Imagine My Shock Watson got banned from Facebook. It was Louis. I'm not saying I'm Hitler, but I am saying he was a great man. Farrakhan and some <laughs> others that I can't remember. I didn't have any good bits for them. Fuck Louis Farrakhan, by the way. <laughs> um, Chris, say something. Well, we have we have Alex Jones and uh, Milo Yiannopoulos. And- Alex. I'm a, Alex, the frogs are turning great, Kate Jones. And Milo, I'm a victim of pedophilia, and I stand for it, Yeah, Yeah, and so they are being banned for what was called hate, quote-unquote, quote definitely. Uh, especially, like, I, I don't know, it's supposed to be hatred against certain groups, and certain we haven't groups. really prov- been provided examples of that. Um, you Why know, would Farrakhan that? has said some... You know things. Well, Farrakhan is pretty cut and dry. That yeah. dude just hates Jewish people. Mm-hmm. That, <laughs> there's not much to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I've I've seen a lot of people that are up in arms about this right now. Uh, Steven Crowder actually just came out with a video about it just a little little bit ago, and I've seen we some may other. Have, we have a few videos about Steven Crowder. You can watch yeah. those. That's that's good. Um. And so it, it's interesting because it's, of course, it's coming mostly from conservatives because we know that the whole, the Farrakhan, Farrakhan thing was just kind of thrown in to be like, hey, look, we're inclusive. Yeah. We're banning not people only, that aren't just conservatives. Not only that, but a couple of publications, I believe it was maybe Newsweek, don't quote me on that, but they called Louis Farrakhan a far right icon. Oh, and that doesn't surprise me. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, whatever you need to tell yourself. Yeah, so, um, I and understandably, like, conservatives, the reason they are so up in arms about this all the time, and you probably hear them talk about it more, is because they're obviously more affected by it. You know, um, we've seen this, like, we had a lot of things with Twitter that went on. Um, you saw that on the Joe Rogan podcast. He was <laughs> uh, having a conversation of sorts with... Uh, with the the Twitter, uh, I don't I don't even know what uh, to call Jack him. Dorsey. I think his yeah. name is. Mm-hmm. And his lawyer, who was that woman? And I'm not Tim sure. Poole. Tim yeah. Poole was also there. Right. Tim and Poole, who <laughs> really raked them over the coals about stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, rightfully so, because when you when you have yeah. this this sort of like you you sort of set a standard for yourself when and for your company and for your website. And we all talk about you know this is raising questions about. Um, the freedom for a business to do what it pleases. And then we have to talk about, you know, um, is it a platform or a publisher and all this different kind of stuff like that. And there's like section 230 of the Decency and Communication Act. And then there's some people who believe that, you know, it was purported to mean one thing and other people who believe that it was purported to mean another thing. And Senator Ted Cruz did a whole thing about that during the hearing with Facebook where Mark Zuckerberg, I believe, sat in front of the Senate and talked Mm -hmm. about data collection uh, from Mm -hmm. Facebook. 
Ted Cruz talked, a lot of people talked about it. Uh, I believe it was Diane Feinstein who accused Facebook of tracking everyone, even though mm-hmm. she voted for the NSA to be able to unconstitutionally collect private citizens' private information without a warrant. But that's mm-hmm. beside the point. <laughs> so weird how she thinks that. Uh, and he, there's a there's a lot to it. There's a lot to it in terms of like a free market absolutism. There's mm-hmm. a lot to it in terms of uh, the legality of is Facebook a public forum? Are they a private publisher? Right. Do, can they even count as a private business now? Do they? Mm-hmm. Don't they take federal funding? I believe they do. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Well, they are. What we have to realize is that a lot of these things are free, and so free for us to use. Um, but also, yeah. it it is in return. You can you can say it's free in terms of currency, but in in exchange for you using their service, you are giving your information, which is very valuable. Yeah. Um, but which you technically did agree to. Right. So you you signed up for that. That was your fault. And th- this is what I'm going to talk about a lot today on my side of things. I guess we we are still doing like a versus type thing. Um, yeah, so I, I think I think y- we. I'm more of a free market absolutist. I think that we will disagree on this. Okay. Why don't you go ahead and continue with that? Just tell me what you think. Right. So, like I said, I'm a free market absolutist. And my it, to try to put it as short and sweet as I can, I think that it's wrong what Facebook, Twitter, etc. are doing. I think that it's wrong. You shouldn't uh, ban people because of their political beliefs just because you disagree with them, except mm-hmm. for in cases of like overwhelmingly flagrant unlawful things like if they're actually directly calling for violence or if they are mm-hmm. doxing people i think that's very wrong yeah. you know you do have the right i believe to create your own terms of service mm-hmm. and you have the right to enforce that terms of service now right. enforcing it hypocritically as facebook and twitter often do with conservative right. people versus liberal people where they will enforce things a certain way for conservatives versus a certain way for liberals and they'll use their tos unevenly now that's wrong Mm. but i believe the alternative is using the government to force them to do things and that once you get to that level like a lot of conservative people were up in arms over the colorado bakery that did not want to bake a cake for a gay wedding right Uh, i don't really understand that i mean money is money wherever it's coming from but you know that is their religious right to do so and they Mm -hmm. have a freedom of association, as I believe Twitter and Facebook does. Mm-hmm. And once you get into that realm where the government can force people to do stuff, that's a very, very bad thing to get into because then you have to decide, okay, what is, what's a good thing for the government to force people to do? Is it okay for the government to draft young men to go fight in wars? Well, maybe. Mm. Israel has mandatory. Israel, and I believe South Korea as well, also has mandatory military service. And you can talk about the benefits to that, but you can also talk about the possible negatives in terms of the government will force young men to do something because society uh, really needs young men as well as young women, and they don't really value young men in that way. Now, I'm not a fan of Twitter, although I'm on it often. I'm not a fan of Facebook, and I'm on it very sparingly, but I do believe that they should be considered uh, more of a a private entity, a private published entity, and that maybe they they shouldn't have to be held to the standard of a a public forum, but I think that 
being a private entity should come with the benefits and the drawbacks with it. If Facebook were to promote and allow, or Twitter were to promote and allow certain people that were calling for violence, I think that if Facebook and Twitter is not doing something to stop them, if they're actually helping them in some way, they should be held accountable for that, which mm -hmm. is... Uh, a big thing of what the, the publisher versus forum uh, debate comes down to, which I think is the big question here, publisher or forum. Now, I think if they're receiving any kind of federal tax dollars, they should be seen as a forum. They should uh, have to respect uh, those, kinds of, those kinds of rights in that you can't uh, discriminate against people for their political beliefs Yeah, and, and stuff like that. You know, it, it comes down to the publisher versus versus public forum, and I think that they should be treated as publishers because that allows for smaller and smaller governmental control over, uh, over business. And mm -hmm. that is my ultimate goal, at least, is smaller government control, government being less effective, to strip the government of power, funding, and respect. Okay, so my turn. Um... I 100% agree with everything you just said, and this is not going to be a very good versus episode because we actually agree <laughs> on the issue, and we oh, probably shit. should have talked about that beforehand. But I will say that I did have different uh, points to uh, discuss about that. I did, I did talk about, you know, I, I do think that the government being more involved in businesses, that's going to be... A majority of the time, I'm not for that. There are some cases. We'll talk about those in later episodes. But a majority of the time, I do not want the government getting involved with um, with any, honestly, with most businesses, with with any of them. Because it's like, what what that leads to is what you talked about in the last episode. It's like the slippery slope. You know, you, you start giving the government more power. I don't trust the government. I'm sorry. I don't. Uh, a majority yeah, of the time. It doesn't even, it doesn't smart. even matter. <laughs> it's like, so, you know, and people always act like, well, they think because I'm a conservative that I'll, I'll trust the government more when Republicans are in power. That is not true at all. And that shouldn't be true for anyone because the government on both sides, very corrupt. And in any, in any case, it's probably going to be that the government is going to do what is best going to help themselves and not what's going to help the actual people. This is what I talked about in the the last episode when we talked about um, a sort of like mob rule thing going on with um, people getting fired from their jobs for um, saying things like James Gunn with his sort of exactly. pedophile jokes, yeah, yeah. things like that. So the reason I talked about that is because um, I, I said that uh, legally I think he should be, be allowed to say whatever the heck he wants. Um, but then when it comes to the uh, democracy portion of it, I do think that it's good that we have a sort of like social democracy in capitalism and a, a uh, an economic democracy, I guess, with, you know, capitalism. We have the, the power, and this is where I think a lot of people, it, it bothers me a little bit because I hear all these conservatives that go on and on, oh, Facebook is awful, Twitter is awful, everything, and I go on Twitter and those very same people are tweeting literally thousands of times a day. And it makes me wonder, why are you supporting? Because that is supporting. You know, even yeah. though you are not paying something, you are supporting them because here's the thing. And this is what um, one of my favorite YouTubers, Matt Christensen, brought up. He's a sort of conservative um, talk 
talker, I guess the word would be, sort of like a Tucker Carlson type thing, but on YouTube. And so what his um, sort of video essay was about is um, Facebook making these mistakes, because this is a mistake. This is actually a good thing, in my opinion, that this happened. And I think the more that it happens, I think the better it's going to be for, um, obviously it's not a good thing, but it's a good thing for the people because we can start making our own decisions now. So we choose to support Facebook and we just sit idly by and let these things happen, but we don't ever do anything about it. We don't protest in any way. We don't use our dollar or our view to take what we want. And so in my opinion, this should be a wake up call. And a lot of these situations should be wake up calls because people do not go on. This is what Matt Christensen said. He said, people do not go on Facebook. People are not going on Facebook for Facebook. It's like saying that, like, I don't, I don't even know. It's like, it's like saying that you, I, I get, you, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Like people don't go to an Elvis concert because the microphone exists. They don't, they don't go to, right, 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 right. Yeah. It's like the platform isn't really the issue here. And when that platform disappears, Alex Jones will still exist and everyone will still well, I mean, a lot of people will still like him. I mean, not everyone likes him because he's crazy. But um, it's, it's so for Facebook to to do this and they think to themselves that they're so powerful that they're really like taking down these people. The more power we give to them, the more that's going to be true. So all that's you true. have to say is, hey, I can find other ways to enjoy Alex Jones. I don't have to see him on Facebook. I don't have to see him on Twitter. Um and this is what you see with a lot of conservative YouTubers that are going towards like this subscription style thing, like, um, you know, at, like buying the leftist tears mug and stuff like that, because you have to support them outside of these um, companies that sometimes have leftist agendas. And there's there are better ways to support them than through those companies. Um, so, yeah, that was my first point about it. So we do agree. Then. <laughs> yeah. So let me let me pick your brain about something, Chris. All right. So I was reading uh, some of Paul Joseph Watson's. He's one of the guys that got banned on Facebook that kind of uh -huh. started this whole thing. And he was talking about um, possible possible events, possible ramifications of this kind of this kind of free market kind of deal could lead to have. So imagine okay. in the future where. Mm -hmm. uh, Big businesses and big corporations, they tend to take a more governmental leftist uh, slant because as the bigger corporation gets, the more influences it has. And the more, because the government is so overwhelmingly and undeservedly powerful, mm -hmm. they have an interest in uh, being a part of that government and being able to influence where that government goes. So bigger companies could eventually become uh, more inundated with the government. So imagine like the banks the banks decide not to let you open a credit card be, or not to or freeze your accounts because they don't like what you say mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of a that's kind of a far off measure but we you actually have companies like companies financial companies that are banning uh people not banning people that are preventing people from uh buying firearms for example there was a whole thing about that i think it was maybe wells fargo where they were uh, they were abusing federal firearms license dealers' uh, accounts, and they were freezing people's accounts for buying too many firearms, buying too much ammunition. Do you think that could be a realistic problem where these companies get so big and so powerful, and they control so much of your life that 
it could eventually be a significant problem for the citizenry? Um, I think, I mean, that's definitely always an option. But the thing that we have and what I talked about before is I hate monopolies. So if if a business has a monopoly and you literally can choose nothing else but that business for what you want to do, for example, if there were only one bank, you know, and that's the reason I like capitalism. Federal Reserve. (laughs) Well, and that's the reason I love uh, capitalism is the fact that you can have all of these options. So when, you know, we talk about, for example, the Postal Service, you know, if we only had the Postal Service, I mean, it's. You know, USPS yeah. is pretty garbage most of the time, I, I must say. Garbage? I do use it, but it, it, that's just because it's cheap. And But when you, when you want to send something that's of, you know, you want to send something with a better quality uh, shipment option, then you're probably going to go with FedEx or, you know, UPS or something like that. Exactly, so, yeah. But that's the reason, you know, um, a lot of times with the Postal Service in the past, back when they were a sort of, I wouldn't call it a monopoly, but they were like literally the only thing that you could use. Sometimes you didn't even get your mail, you know? Sometimes it's just, <laughs> it was so bad. And then now you have these competitors and it's what drives the competition and that's what makes the quality increase. So I think that when we have these businesses that are doing these things, you know, Facebook, we it does have competitors in that, I mean there are there is more social media and we do not have to use facebook for anything but you know when we talk about more serious things like like you bringing up like a bank like them stopping you from using your money then that's something you immediately withdraw from and you would have to like go through their their i I don't know their terms of service like what did you sign up for that allows them to stop you from doing things like that and exactly at that point so like I still don't think the government should get involved because, you know, at that point, yeah, you could maybe you could sue them if they broke a rule that a previous agreement that they uh, had signed with you, something like that. But gosh, I don't there's there's no point at which I think the government could should become involved unless it's some sort of monopoly and that's your only choice. And then that's my gray area uh, for me personally. So I want to talk about things like ISPs. Now, there was a, a competitor for Twitter trying to get up off the ground called Gab. And Gab mm-hmm. was basically Twitter, but free speech, everybody's allowed. You can't get banned unless you have like some severe, flagrant, uh, horrible, horrible things like uh, at- outright calls to violence, stuff like that. Right. And Gab was using, I believe, GoDaddy as a service provider, which is actually the same service provider that InDev Studios use. Mm. Now, I, I haven't had any Go any problems with GoDaddy. I only knew them because of those old commercials where the really hot girls would... <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Super Bowl. Yeah, and GoDaddy actually dropped Gab. They decided they didn't want to be associated with it. So the whole thing was like... A, it kind of sparked this debate where it's... Uh, you could make... It's like... People would say, you know, you don't like Twitter, make your own competitor to Twitter. But then you get dropped by Gab and it's like, oh, just make your own internet. That's not quite how it works, not (laughs) making your own internet. And they they did eventually get picked up by another uh, uh, domain host that was not GoDaddy. I don't remember what it was off the top of my head. But that, it really comes down to that. It comes down to the public forum versus private enterprise debate, and it comes down to the provider debate. Can 
uh, competition realistically happen if certain entities like GoDaddy, like internet service providers, like domain hosts, are uh, disabling people from creating competitors. And that's mm-hmm. where, you know, my radicalized, non-aggressive libertarian ideals <laughs> come out. And they say, well, you can't force GoDaddy to do something that they don't want to do. Right. And that's, well, the counter to that, obviously, is like, well, by regulating GoDaddy in such a way, which is what I would call force, because the threat is right. uh, the use of government violence. Yeah. Uh, because as we all know, the government has a monopoly on violence. I'll never mm-hmm. not take a second to shit on the government for a second. Um, so the idea is that if we use uh, government regulation, could we potentially enhance competition? There could be more competitors to Twitter and more right. competitors to Facebook if we regulate GoDaddy and other domain hosts in such a way that they cannot discriminate on people based on uh, political beliefs. And when we get to the the word discrimination, that's a pretty pretty big word. Uh, a lot of people know what it means. We had things like the Jim Crow laws. Mm-hmm. We had you know Rosa Parks and all that stuff. And we can talk about we could actually use uh, those examples to talk about discrimination in this form. We have a lot of people who believe that the government has to step in and solve these problems, and that's not necessarily true. Mm-hmm. Jim Crow laws didn't come out as a factor of the free market. In fact, when the free market was in more effect, discrimination almost entirely went out of style because mm-hmm. all money is green. I'm Hispanic, and if I went in Baltimore, the city of Baltimore is a third white, a third Hispanic, and a third black. If I went to Baltimore and I decided to open up a store that served Hispanics only, and they, for some reason, legally allowed me to do that, considering that race is a protected class, if they, for some reason, allowed me to do that, I would go out of business really, really quickly, not only because I'm right. cutting out two-thirds of my consumer base right out of the gate. Yeah. Do you really think that a lot of Hispanic people are going to be willing to give me their patronage? There's like... Right. I reckon that a lot of those people in that country, in that city, have friends who are not white, who who are white and who are black, and they think, well, these guys are willing to discriminate against my friends, or they're maybe they don't even have those friends, but they're just against discrimination based on principle, as most people are, as I am. I'm against racial discrimination based on principle. But then you have the protected classes. Now, to get rid of the Jim Crow laws, the government started uh, protecting, well, not specifically for the Jim Crow laws, but the government has something called protected classes, which is basically uh, certain types of people or certain uh, characteristics of people that you cannot discriminate based on those grounds. And that's things like race, gender, sexual orientation, where you have certain rights as a, as, as a laborer or a worker having a job in the United States that says, your boss can't fire you for these three reasons. And as I pointed out earlier, I am a free market absolutist. So most people would be like, would ask, will ask me, it's like, are you really willing to allow other people to discriminate based on race? Do you really want somewhere in Alabama to open up, someone open up a, uh, a diner with no blacks in it? And I say, I absolutely am because it'll be really, really funny to watch them go bankrupt in yeah. about a day. Yeah, it'll be much. so much fun. <laughs> To watch those racist dickheads get absolutely shit on by the free market. Because mm-hmm. what people don't realize is that Jim Crow laws weren't a product of the free market. They were a product of the state. They were specific ordinances and codes within uh, like the c- cities within Alabama that stated that restaurants legally, by the threat of government violence, if they did not have this, 
government would enact violence upon them. They legally had to have a seven-foot wall, one whole foot taller than me and Chris. Mm -hmm. The best way I've ever pointed out that I'm six feet tall. Um, one whole foot taller than me and Chris, separating the whites from the colors. Government doesn't solve discrimination. Government causes discrimination. And that, that comes to a lot of things, like you talk about gun control. Well, 93% of all mass shootings happen in gun-free zones. The worst gun massacre that's ever happened in uh, the United States is the massacre at Wounded Knee, and it was perpetrated by the, by the state. Gun control, or massacres, mass shootings, discrimination, all these horrible things that people rail and want regulations on, they're not solved by the government. They're perpetrated by the government, and they're solved by the free market. Also, wait, something I do have to say is that there is a difference between the things, for example, what we're talking about and what you just talked about, in that you have this, what, what people don't see is that you have a blatant discrimination happening um, of a certain political party on social media, okay? We all agree on that. But what we found is that it's not, it doesn't affect everyone. And I think until it does, I think most people will stay on Facebook. I don't think that the yeah. angry mob will come to the rescue this time. I don't think that you, and yes, I'm pointing at you sitting at home watching this video, I don't think you're going to do anything about it. I don't think you care enough. I think you pretend to care. I think you pretend that you're really angry about this, but you don't actually care because what are you going to do? You're not going to delete your Facebook account. You're not going to delete your Twitter account. You're not going to actually act on any of this. Because it's just fake outrage. And you know what? It's because it's not affecting you. It's only affecting Alex Jones. And so if it, I would take that example you used before, Tristan. Let's say um, a, a little restaurant had a whites-only rule, but it was only for, it was only in that they would get rid of certain black people. And so it was enough that most black people could go in there. And most Mexicans could go in there, and most anyone of color could go in the restaurant. Except five black people got kicked out because they were black. So that's when you have people saying, now wait a minute, this doesn't really affect me. Why should I act? Why should I do anything about this? Because, you know, I'm not going to get banned from Facebook for being a conservative. Not yet, at least. If, that, if it I ever <laughs> comes to that point, they're going to get... That's when the end will come, in my opinion. But right now, right now, it doesn't hit close enough to home for most people. Most people do not care. Yeah, they're they're feigning outrage at this whole thing, but it's not really going to affect anything. Facebook will go on and go on, and then someday maybe they'll step over the line. Maybe, but I really doubt that the angry mom is going to come to the rescue this time around. I think, no. I I just think it's going to stay status quo, and we'll forget about this in a week. Yeah, I think the same thing. Yeah. And I've also been uh, reading other people's opinions on this. People don't agree with me on the possible ramifications of political elections and stuff like that. Uh, mm -hmm. a, big, a big thing that I heard from a couple of different people was that a lot of Donald Trump's supporters came from the Internet. You know, Donald Trump is pretty prolific for his use of Twitter mm -hmm. as much as bad as his tweets are, as bad as most of his tweets are. <laughs> You know, he uses Twitter a lot, and I think that's a way for his fans, his fans to, I hate that so much, for Donald <laughs> Trump's fans to really connect with what he's saying. So, you know, if they, if they go out of their way to ban people who represent 
the other side of the debate on places like Twitter, it could have some serious effects on elections. Now, I'd look like to I would like to point out they had no data for this whatsoever. There <laughs> there's no studies done. It's like, oh yeah, it was totally Twitter. It was definitely Twitter that won Trump the election. It wasn't Hillary Clinton not going to Wisconsin. It was all Twitter, 100%. Twitter and r slash politically incorrect. You did it, guys. We did. I hate that so much when those stupid internet memers think that. It's like, we did it, guys. Yeah. We. It's like, no, you didn't. You posted shitty memes. Jesus. <laughs> Fuck off. So, and I think that there could be some ramifications towards that. You know, Twitter and Facebook, for as shitty as they are, they're pretty popular. Yeah, uh, they're definitely pop, and I think a lot of people, unfortunately, get their news from places like Twitter and Facebook. I'm mm-hmm. sure that there are reputable news sources on Twitter and Facebook, and they're just drowned in a sea of BuzzFeed <laughs> and ClickHole, yep. Think Progress, stuff like that, Al Jazeera, whatever that is. And there could be some effects for that, but my question is, if your ideas are so good, why can't they survive the free market? If you can't get elected based on the information flow within a free market, are you really deserving to get elected? Now, calling social media free market, that might not be all the way fair. We've had uh, shifts in recent times with the repealing of net neutrality, uh, that shift towards a more liberty-minded internet. But it's not Mm -hmm. all the way there yet. There is still a lot of uh, unnecessary regulation and government burdens that come out with trying to uh, start your own ISP, trying to start your own domain hosting thing, mm-hmm. even trying to start your own email server. There's a lot to it that you have to sign, you have to look through, and you have to pay for and licensing, construction. It's not easy to uh, lay down your own copper wire to connect people to the internet. It's not right. easy. And yeah, I- so maybe calling it a free market isn't exactly the most uh the most accurate term but we have fortunately repealed net neutrality which mm-hmm. some people didn't like but you have to understand that the more capitalistic that the united states goes towards the better the f- the more free the market will become because as of right now what's the biggest chris what's the biggest obstacle starting you from creating your own ISP. I, I don't know. Exactly. The biggest <laughs> obstacle, the biggest obstacle right now is just like a lack of knowledge and a lack of materials. So you were calling it's, me stupid basically. No, that's, that's not, it's not what I'm saying. It's not your, it's not your specific field of study. That's, I'm a computer science student that is in line with my field of study, but that's not within Chris's field of study. But any idiot can start a business, mm-hmm. but not any idiot can start an ISP. And one of the biggest factors to that is that A, it's really hard, and B, technology materials. You gotta have a lot of material to go through that. You gotta have to have surfer warehouses, you gotta have mm-hmm. fiber or copper wiring to actually connect people and get to their homes. You have yeah. to have a lot of that stuff. You have to have technicians because sometimes the internet is kind of finicky and it doesn't mm-hmm. always work and you have to have people to fit to fix that. But because the more capitalistic we become, the better that'll get. Because invariably, capitalism makes technology cheaper, smaller, and faster. The internet Mm -hmm. will become cheaper, and it'll become uh, smaller, the routers and modems. I I reckon there's going to be routers and modems that are about the size of a thumb drive pretty soon. Mm -hmm. Maybe there already is. I don't know. 
and it's yep. going to become faster. The internet's going to get faster. You're, I'm going to be able to play Netplay with 10 ping someday, maybe, <laughs> and I still will hate it. <laughs> I'll still convince myself that it was that 10 milliseconds of lag that made me miss that parry on the Falco laser, and not my terrible decision making. And what? what you have to realize is that in this, the we're not the United States isn't really capitalist at this point. It's kind of a quasi market economy with some status nonsense coming out of places like California. And the, but if we just get rid of California, I'm am saying, <laughs> if we if we can just take a page from California's book and do something else and make good decisions, then technology to create isps and to be able to compete on this free and open market that the internet and capitalism can create it'll just become easier the barrier to entry will just get lower imagine mm-hmm. how chris you you do a lot of audio stuff right now yeah imagine 20 or 30 years ago how much more difficult it would be to create this podcast with slower computers with software I'd, that doesn't work quite as well. I'd literally be like using cassette tapes, probably. I'd literally probably be, be using some sort of real system, maybe. And Let's that would be 20. a lot harder, no? Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and imagine if we tried to start up a podcast 30 years ago. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> yeah. what, what are we going to deliver? Here's a 40-minute cassette tape of two dickheads talking. <laughs> yeah, here's what door. I wanted to talk about. You bring up something good here. So... This is because now we have, we're, we've become so entitled. We're so spoiled, you know. We've, yeah. we've been given this amazing access to this amazing entity called the Internet. And now we want to, we want everything to be not only free, but we want it to be perfect and without and any sort of repercussion. So it's like, hey, I want to use your service. So remember, uh, we actually talked about this in the Reddit podcast. Uh, yes. We talked about... Um, I called and in it a YouTube the, podcast. Yeah, I called it the whiteboard effect. Well, I just named that now, but I called it that then because uh, patent the, that shit. <laughs> because it's like if I went out on the street and I sat my little whiteboard down, and it's my whiteboard, and I'm like, "Hey, everyone, write on my whiteboard." Now, what that means is I have the power because I own this whiteboard. You can write whatever you want on it. But I have the power to erase whatever. I have the power to write my own stuff on it. And so, yeah, that's a vast oversimplification of the topic at hand. But, you know, when we talk about uh, a company agreeing to something, now what if I said this is a free speech whiteboard and you can say whatever you want and then someone wrote something and I erased it? Then then it kind of gets a little weird because it's like, well, wait a minute. That's not free speech, really. You, and you so, just said... Yeah, and exactly. You're just, you're just kind of a hypocrite. <laughs> yeah. So, like, if I said, hey, we don't stand for hate speech. You know, this is my whiteboard, but I don't want hate speech on it. And someone, you know, comes up and writes, you know, kill all blacks or Bernie Sanders for president or something. I can erase that. <laughs> Both of those and, are hate speech. Yes. I can erase any of those things because they're offensive to me, and that's hate speech. And then there we go. So as long as you, I feel like as long as everything has been, all the requirements have been met, you've been upfront about it. This is where a lot of uh, companies yeah, yeah. like Reddit, for example, kind of messed up on that is because they, they called themselves the sort of, uh, you know, where it's like they're the golden era of free speech and everyone, yeah. it's not really happening. So um, I think companies, I think I would have respect for companies more if they just came upfront about it. And also another thing I wanted to mention, the thing I talked about earlier about you guys not acting on anything, I still believe that. But what I do think is 
what going back to the first thing I said is that you go on Facebook to look at these specific people. I go on YouTube to watch Steven Crowder. I go on Twitter to read what Ben Shapiro says. But if if I go on Twitter and all of my favorite people have been banned, then Twitter is worthless to me. You know, and if I go on YouTube and Steven Crowder is gone and all the other people I watch, then YouTube is worthless to me. So all those the platform, fitness YouTubers. Yeah, all of those. <laughs> so the platform is really what decides whether you're going to use it or not. It's it's the content that really does it. So yeah. I think we need to be focusing on the fact that we need to keep watching. We need to be vigilant. We need to observe who are they banning? Why is this happening? And then maybe we can act accordingly and actually use our freedom to choose. And then exactly. they can live with the repercussions of that. USA. 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 <laughs> <Capitalism>. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just real gassed up. I just finished finals. Fuck school, by the way. <sighs> we didn't really argue but we made our points very yeah. clear and we did it in under 40 minutes so i say we did a pretty hey, good job today. hey hey chris look at me what bitch <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> that was mount meditation season two episode four social yep. media censorship who knows not me section uh, oh. 230 of the communications decency act read that it'll it's enlightening i'm tristan and I'm Chris. And thanks for watching. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye.